Aloha and welcome to another Rainbow Wrap Up. Can you hear me? What was yep. That? <laughs> I don't know what you buzz. I'm gonna keep that on here because we're gonna, we don't. That was funny because I don't know what you like buzzed or something. I maybe you're buzzing because we did have a pretty amazing uh, victory on Saturday that we're still reliving. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking to one and only Sean Iman. So Sean Iman, aloha and welcome back to the show. Aloha, Wayne. What's up, Warrior Nation? Well, you're buzzing. What? Well, I don't know what that buzz was. I, I'm. I, I couldn't, you know, make a few guesses, but it's probably not appropriate for this podcast. So, uh, we're gonna just stick it, keep it, keep it to football. <laughs> but I don't know where that noise came from. But you know, Sean, I know you and I still and Shane, who is not gonna be joining us tonight, unfortunately. So go ahead and support your local cable guy because they are truly the backbone. How many people? I mean, how many times have they saved the day? And, you know, Shane is one of the guys that always saves the day, and we love him and um, wish him the best out there on the, the mean streets of Honolulu, wherever he may be, um, doing the hard work. But uh, he's probably right now still thinking about UH football, because that's Shane, of course, but reveling also in an amazing win. And, you know, <laughs> Sean, it's funny because... <laughs> You picked us to win this game. <laughs> I I did. I did in the preseason. No, when it Alma came. is the one that counts. I'm not going to allow your second guess, yeah. Shane. Because yeah, the one on the day. Oh, the the day one in the preseason counts. Your second guessing right. one is just you overthinking it. Because you're right. And, and you know, we all, Shane and I, both predicted very close losses, two-point losses. But uh, Sean originally predicted, like, uh, nine point win 31 20 31 11 point win and yeah um you were just slightly optimistic but we still won and i mean just take me back to that game sean and just start from from the from the kickoff where i'm gonna be honest there was a lot of frustrations in the air obviously listen to last week's show and thank you for all the support and please support us at hisportsfans.com and hawaii sports fans um Become part of our mailing list. Uh, we have a huge selection of games coming up at Rams Stadium, including the rematch of the Seahawks at Rams, uh, which Sean is definitely excited about. Even though the Rams played extremely terrible, they still managed to beat the Seahawks tonight somehow. Uh, but I think it's also because NFC West is the NFC West. Like everybody knows each other. The Seahawks and Rams are, are like Fresno State in Hawaii. It really doesn't uh... matter what the what the this, uh, what the right what the records are you never know it's going to be and that's why i never tra- talk trashness rivalry and i'm just you know i'm a ram second team or like I said, you should though you, the rams are the proverbial thorn in the seahawks side no they are they are they are but i it's i feel the, bad because it's I the one team that we just can't <laughs> it just doesn't matter it just doesn't matter so congrats to your rams and uh, yeah i'm no, sad but, but you know i'm i I'm still, I'm a lot happier than I was last week. Okay. And that, a lot of that has to do with what UH did this past weekend. Yes. Not about clearly Russell Wilson's middle finger, which I had to turn away from the screen at looking at. It was gross. Uh, it was definitely Super gross. gross. And they kept it showing gross. it. But yeah. and the thing is, if we're going to, and I'm going to keep this little ad about Hawaii sports fans going because it includes the Seahawks and, uh, and the Rams. Like I said, at SoFi Stadium, that rematch on in December. Uh, December 19th 
Um, but it also includes the LA Bowl on that same tour, and that's a Saturday before. And that bowl will feature the Mountain West champion. And I mean, at this point, uh, get chance. See us get chance. Get and, chance. You know, I remember when Norm Chow had that get chance in the last that year that we were four and seven, or four and eight, and we had get chance. It was four and seven in conference or something. And they're like, because of some crazy algorithm. Yeah, like all the time. And I was like, what? And I remember like, <laughs> I remember we needed so like eight things that. to happen that last weekend. I remember that yeah. day being so happy. I remember so many days in this. That's how, you know, that's how much I, um, UH football is inside of me too. I mean, I remember the moments like that where I really believed that UH football could do it. And like last year or two years ago now, our last year in the Mexico Bowl was great, but two years ago when UH had a chance to win the conference and I was in Boise, I, I definitely cried after that game too because I was like, man, I really thought we could win this game. I really did. I really did. And I really want to see us and, you know, win that championship and, and hold, hold the trophy and be there for it. And, you know, we keep playing like this. Uh, we could do that and also appear in this LA Bowl and go on the Hawaii Sports Fans trip. So I can wrap it up as an ad because this that is the why, though. Everything in Hawaii Sports Fans goes back to what I love, and that is Hawaii football. And that is um, being from Hawaii, first of all, and representing um, in so many ways, not just uh, <clears throat> what I do on the field or in the stands or wherever, but here at, at when Sean and me and, and Shane have our conversations, it's about being from the heart and it's about being passionate about UH football. So I just remember that's all, that's all at the core of this. And um, also rubbing it in the Seahawks fans right after they lose the game. But still that that's not happening right now, but honestly, I was kind of scared because I was like, the Rams are going to blow. When Matt Gay was blowing that field goal, I shouldn't be talking about that game anymore. I'm sorry. I'm not going to talk about the game, but I was like, that was just a bad game for the Rams too. And they, they managed to win. But honestly, the Seahawks are not good. This rivalry is is not, it's like the Fresno State of Hawaii. It's like, I want to always be as, um, you know, uh, optimistic as possible. And I was going into this game and I really believe what we could win this game for sure. And I said that on the Beware of podcast and shout out to those guys again mm. they're a good sports about it and um they enjoyed uh, any word from those guys did are they no, are, i i, I know i i haven't but um you know they're, they're great guys and that's what, i was so impressed because they're they're young you know they're younger than me even you know and not that i'm young anymore but um it's it's kind of cool in fresno you know they have the student presence that loves that listens to the podcast <laughs> they have fresno mm-hmm. fans you know and that is that is really the epitome of college football right now. And you know those guys have barriers, obviously, just like a lot of other podcasters. Um, but at the same time, their, their fandom is what roots them. Why why they not only do the show? It's not like you just get on and start talking. There's equipment you have to buy. There's web hosting you have to pay for. There's things that have that go into doing a podcast. It's not like overnight, but. I love their commitment to it and these, these two boys and um, I'm, it was cool, but I look forward to meeting them and hopefully you can be there with me next year too, Sean and Fresno or something or on a road game with Hawaii sports fans. Beautiful Fresno. Beautiful Fresno, but I enjoy going there. You know, it's, there's, <laughs> I, that's not, I did, t- I did say on my show last year, my birthday show was my top 10 favorite. And I guess if we rewound it, my worst, my least favorite places to visit. I had to visit two of them this year. And sorry, Reno and Laramie, but you know you're out there. And um, 
I, you know, and the people, are, some people are nice. Not all of them are nice. Um, <laughs> but Fresno is better than those places, is what I'm saying. And so, and I'm not saying, and I, and I, you know, Fresno has has nice people. Actually, has a lot of nice people. They have a lot of mean people too, for sure. But when they're not yelling at our, players. they're not. But they actually have a real, a lot of nice people because you know they're like Central Valley people. It's also very red area in very many ways as well. But you know, they're also very. Like I said, nice people. Uh, but Sean, Sean's face is very red right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm mad. I'm so mad. We've never lost in the green jerseys. So, <laughs> well, you know, um, those jerseys are amazing. I had that jersey. I actually wore it to the Super Bowl, in which I cheered for the Seahawks, um, and I even yelled out a C. And people said hawks back to me. And I was like, oh, I love God, it. I'm a 12 today. I love it. Kind of thing. And I was like, just because I'm going to the Super Bowl and I'm going, well, I was like, I'm going to go to this one Super Bowl and I can't cheer for Brady. It's like Brady's definitely, pull, you know, Brady's definitely has someone I respect so much and I hope he plays forever and ever. Um, but it's so good to see him lose and then see him win at the very end. I was like, this is confusing, Seahawk. What just happened? Um, but that was, of course, an infamous. Don't give the ball to Marshawn, but throw throw it to the linebacker on the other team play that the Seahawks decided to run. Um, Quite possibly the dumbest play in NFL history. Possibly. And my friend, who's a great, huge Patriots fan, who was crying because they're about to lose. She was so sad. And then she sucked those tears. I never, You never see painful tears turn to joyful tears. It's very rare. But that's why I'm saying that's the power of sports. And now, you know, now that I've went to six Super Bowls and got to see my actual team play, I don't have to wear the jersey, but I also know the pain of a Seahawks fan and the loyalty. That's one thing I'm going to, and that's one thing I'm going to say. Shout out to Seahawks for being loyal. Shout out to like the Brotherhood of St. Louis, who Kamehameha also defeated recently. Oh, and also took down Punahou recently as well. Um, but I am impressed by like, you know, like the, these schools that I didn't go to, but I, I see how um, they're run or these organizations. And I'm very respectful of their families because, um, when you're around them, I mean, Seah- there's some Seahawks fans that I'm sure could be not very nice to, but um, at the end of the day, oh, it's Lumen Field now, right? So uh, we're mm-hmm. Hawaii once. Lumen Field. Yes, and Hawaii defeated Washington State there in that stadium. That didn't count as a Pac-12 road game because it was a neutral field, quote unquote, even though it was in the state of Washington. Um, Sean, I'm in back to the Fresno game. That was a long-winded way of saying that um, – you know, Hawaii is still, still amazing. And I know that you had your doubts going into the game so much so that you changed. Well, and that, and that was with Shevin at quarterback. I mean, I know. tuning in, tuning in and then hearing that Shager's going to start. Yeah. Shout out to um, Shager. Shout out to Brandon. Shout out, Brayden. Straight up. Shout out to um, Corey Bethley. Yeah. Wow. Those guys were amazing. Yeah. Really impressed. And Shaker was getting hit too. He wasn't. He wasn't like. That was like a. That was like a christening into college football. That was like a Tua, not on the level of Tua winning the the national championship level. That like Tua, that was like that's a otherworldly level of introduction into the college football, you know, echelons. But, um, him coming into Division One football, never playing before, and playing the number 19, 18 team. 17 team and it's a pretty big feather in his cap yeah that was incredible 
And honestly, you know, it's your first game too. So you're, you're just like, whatever, I got to do this. And I'm the backup. Nobody expects anything. But he was making very impressive throws. That one to Calvin um, in the corner of the end zone that Calvin had to leap for. That was, um, that was awesome. Catch by Calvin. And, this um, thing. and the one that he hit the tight end, he went through all the reads. And that was the one thing that was impressive too. That he took That was time. a great route. You know, yes, great that tight end coming across, like lumbering across. And that's the thing about having the tight end in the offense now. It's just kind of nice seeing. The commentators were calling for that. They were saying they should hit that crossing yeah. route. So the commentators, so much better than those Fox Sports guys. <laughs> Poor Fox Sports guys, <laughs> but yeah, I mean. You know the guy that sounds like this. Yeah, I mean, Aaron Taylor was. I think, you know, he's a Notre Dame guy, right? So maybe there's a Notre Dame, yeah. Hawaii thing now because all these kids want to play. For that. They always love Notre Dame, but like BYU, they're all going to get those kids that um, tradition. But there's that Hawaii connection at both of those schools because of how traditional they are and how traditional we are in Hawaii. So I don't know if that was his connection, but he seemed very not pro, not necessarily pro Hawaii, but definitely optimistic about Hawaii, you know, the whole time. I felt like he, he wasn't against us, you know, and was, was at least, uh, I don't know. How would you say it? Well, the, the tribute to Colt and Robert was, I, it really surprised me and I thought it was really well done and they definitely did their homework prior to the game, which isn't always the case. So yeah, I thought it was well done. So yeah, kickoff. I was just hoping that we weren't going to just, you know, get run, get stomped out. And then we go up 10-0 and I'm thinking, you know, we get chance, right? And yeah. then the third quarter rolls around and and Shager's just chucking the ball 30 yards downfield. And I'm like, man, oh, well, at least it's close. But it, they, they came back. They made the plays. And the thing that really impressed me about this win was that the team, they all mm-hmm. – came together they had each other's back and it's i think it's the first time we've seen that this season it was like complete mm, so yeah i, yeah, I was, yeah, it was really good like, I was, yeah that was great no and you're right and you're totally right sean about how unified they were even the, with the sideline too and shout out to the coaching staff for making adjustments that they you know were asked to make and called upon to make um, and it, it was a great game plan, you know, to run the ball. And they said they were going to D up. And it was a very bend but don't break defense. Yeah. They, they held. They bent all the way. And they would stop them right down there in the red zone. So six turnovers. It's crazy. Six. I mean, first of all, yeah, those forced fumbles are beautiful. Um, and, uh, those uh, interceptions, I mean, I, I, wow. I mean, the defense, well, well, we said that would be the key, and I said that on the, you know, our defense. And he coaches basically a defensive coordinator. So, you know, and he's, 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 he's I, so trying to figure is the defensive coordinator, the name basically is what we're kind of right. hearing now, learning more now. And Coach Trent uh, and Coach um, Todd um, Graham, the whole staff and you know i really feel like coach graham believes in accountability being accountable which i appreciate about him as well mm-hmm. because um <clears throat> he is someone that 
is very could could come across as being very stubborn to a lot of people right just because of how traditional he is and you know how he's going to stick to something and it, you know the thing that the decisions he made were to for his coordinators for his coaching personnel decisions have, are you know something that he's going to have to take ownership of obviously because they're not traditional uh but I feel like this win is going to give him a lot more credibility. You beat a number 19 Fresno, I mean, 18 Fresno team at home. I mean, any team, national really ranked team on TV, the only game on TV. Um, I mean, I, I would imagine that that gives him credibility, whether even we so, lost the rest of the games this year. So let's, let's frame this win. I mean, I think it's bigger than the, the bowl win just based on the quality of opponent and like the circumstances, not having Chev, just all the adversity that the university and the, the football team in general was facing. I think it was just, it was incredible. And they were 11 point dogs at home to a blood rival. And I'm just wondering yeah. if, if Vegas knew that Chevin was going to be out, what would have been the point spread? Would it have been in the twenties? You think? <clears throat> I think if, yeah, if we knew Chevin was going to be out. The point spread would have definitely went higher. I mean, well, it was already 10, right? I mean, yeah, I think it went up to 11. It probably, it would have probably uh, gone up pretty. I would have gone up another touchdown <laughs> at least I would say, um, yeah. but it could have been, I mean, because nobody really knew what Chigger was going to do. Uh, I think by, I'm not surprised at all by his ability, by his, uh, his ability. I'm surprised by his toughness and his, um, I'm surprised by his, like his moxie. I think you talked about that too on our post. Right. And right. his, his savvy, even though like he's his first game, like he, he just like was like a normal backup. Like you wouldn't tell that he was his first, you know, you know, division one game, let alone start, you know? So that was really impressive, and um, you know, it talks talks to the heart of uh, Texas, maybe all these Texas kids that we got coming now down to down yonder, um, you know, where we actually have lakes and not just one in the entire state, which is crazy. That's raise your sweet tea to Texas, <laughs> sweet tea. <laughs> um, actually, there's some delicious sweet tea. Actually. Okay, now I can eat. Okay, so last week I was on my fast, right? And I finished day 10 yesterday. Mm -hmm. and, but I'm breaking it slowly. Wayne was a little start. grumpy last week, let me tell you. <laughs> a little bit grumpy. I was like, ooh, this, today I got to taste a little bit of vegetable soup. I was like, oh gosh, this is the most delicious food I've ever eaten in my entire life. Like, so good. But, mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it, it is good. Um, but... Okay, like not as delicious as the sweet taste of victory. And of course, we talked about people like Shager and Bethley and the coaches that made it, um, you know, a good game plan. But the band being there as well, I mean, that was amazing too. And <clears throat> seeing the team being able to celebrate with you saw them, the video of them and be yeah, you saw them running to over. Be. I love that. You know, the good thing about there not being fans there uh, is that the, the team appreciates the band more. I think like no, it's like mm. even after the game, like they were like, man, we want to celebrate with you guys, like the band, like we want to celebrate with you guys, like right now, like it was cool to see. Well, there them. wasn't anybody else 
no well no for sure but at the same time like it was cool like the band the had photographers. to represent all of us the, the band represented all of us you know right the 12th yeah. band the 12th band <laughs> that was the seahawkers yeah, was president who said that yeah, yeah. <laughs> but i i think you know we're right in the middle of the mountain west western division with the win it would have been really dire had we lost we've been at zero and two in the cellar oh and just you know and two of those losses being at home so i they're they're right back in it so well we are a well, little I, bit wait what go Oh, I was going to say uh, that there is hope that Shevin is going to play. I, I think it's weird. His injury, they're saying between, what, 10 days to a month he could be out, which is really strange. Was, is they, there any a word on what injury no, he has? What yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't see anything. I don't know. I mean, and he was yeah, standing normally. It the, Maybe it's a finger? Mexico State game. Maybe it's his I, hand? I, I don't know. But 10 to 30 days is a huge window for him to be out it's probably because they don't know if it's broken or not or something or whether it's just mm. really badly sprained soft tissue oh yeah i was hurt every year from freshman year through my college senior year <laughs> i sustained injuries every single year that i mr glass so i get why oh. people um don't they're just talented but aren't able to hack it in the world of not getting hurt and it sucks, but we see it in happening in some of our athletes now. And it's, it's, that's why Shager was impressive because he was taking some hits too. Um, yeah. And I, you know, I would we, trust We might need him down the line. No, no, no. I we, would, might, we might need him next week. Oh, I'm confident. You know, I feel like this recruiting, this quarterback core feels like one of Rolo's or not one of June Jones's, like where he was kind of trying to stack quarterbacks mm -hmm. that he could. Mm -hmm having like a stable because I, I thought Shager was a solid pickup anyway. So, I mean, watching, and I don't watch too many. I, like I said, I don't get fixated on players and I try not to mm. because they're just players and you know, they're awesome and I love them and I support them completely, but I support the program overall because that is the, the what it does for our community and who they represent is very important for them is that they understand that. And they do, I think for the most part, um and shager though was somebody i was like kind of intrigued by i was like oh okay this kid looks pretty good actually texas texas well what the is drum beats for for shager to get another start are getting louder by that vocal minority so i mean whoever can play can play i i don't think i don't think anybody should lose a job on injury at all and i don't think shager did anything necessarily to earn the job i think he did a tell great job drew, tell that to drew bledsoe drew bledsoe <laughs> i know i know yeah. Well, the thing is, like, I know the thing is, like, if Shager was the next Tom Brady, then yeah, we should let him keep playing. But what's hot? What if, she, if, uh, if I think now what? we, I think now we should be able to pull Shevin quicker if Shevin isn't playing. I, I well. hear you. It was only 140 yards net, though. So, I mean, he's not, he's no, not no, the no, no. As I say, his, net, his stats weren't like, exactly, exactly. So, <laughs> that's what i'm saying and it's, he didn't need to be he didn't Hold need your to be. all he needed to do all he needed to do was manage the office and he did an amazing job of that and he he threw some nice balls i mean that and he, he stood in the pocket and he took hits. Yeah. 
Um, and that's what I, I mean, when I look at a quarterback, good quarterback, you know, it's like, you know, we've seen tonight, like watching Stafford and, um, you know, watching, you know, Russell Wilson, it's like guys who just like, they're so, they, they, there's like really scary people coming at them like Aaron Donald and you mm. just stand there and you can just like be so laser focused. And I saw Shaker do stuff like that, like where he was just really made all his reads and he wasn't scared and he didn't he didn't seem nervous and I don't know if it may be in Texas, they just hit their quarterback. So like when they're young, they're like, Hey, you're going to like, if we train you now to take withstand these blows, you'll be fine in college. Cause I, I was impressed. Like he was like, had to shift his shoulder pads and fix his Jersey. And he was just like getting up and like trying balls. And I was like, okay, wow. So I, I would be confident in him. I, his, I high say- school- <clears throat> his high school. Go ahead. No, no, his, his high, high school, school stadium was probably bigger than bigger than what UH has right now at TC Ching, I'm guessing. Oh, his high school stadium was definitely bigger. <laughs> no, for sure it's bigger. And it was nicer. Um now TC Ching is is for, for what they had to do in a short amount of time, is is aesthetically not bad um at all. Um I it could be different. It could have been faster and bigger, but it doesn't matter because there's no fans. Um, so ultimately it didn't matter because no fans are in, but who knows, who knows? And we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that soon as well about Ige, but let's finish with this Fresno game first, because I think now that, uh, we come out of this game looking pretty solid, um, cause Jay Hayner is, people are talking about him possibly being like a Heisman candidate and he deservedly so, I mean, right. I mean, the way that he was taking hits at the UCLA game and, and making throws, like, I was like, okay, wow. Like, this guy is like NFL. Um, but He has moxie, too. No, he has moxie, for sure. He has moxie. He showed it in this game. I was – he threw a bunch of picks, but I was still impressed. Still impressed. So. Now that we have a quarterback – um, situations that people want to make up maybe does that take away <clears throat> from the last does that going to um, detract from the the uh, was there a, was there a Graham call like a true call do you think was there even a vocal minority that's even willing to be a mine can we even call it a, a minority or was that just disparate people you know calling people snakes when maybe they should um, what like was Graham's job ever in danger or yeah is, is that where we're going no that's what I'm saying no I'm saying like do you think I'm saying now that the country people are like complaining about like Chevin or something or saying like now do you think that takes away from the Graham does Graham earn enough capital now to be able to say uh you can't what are you gonna say now people <laughs> like I just swap beat a nationally ranked team on homecoming on national on national tv you know it's like it's pretty that's a that's a huge win it's like when mcmackie yeah i think i think that's his signature win i think it's bigger than the bowl game i just think with yeah the stakes being what they were where the program was at i just uh yeah he he ain't going nowhere neither is his son nah i reckon Maybe it's appropriate that <laughs> they get ready in the baseball, 
you know, mezzanine. <laughs> the I know. Visiting team. He wears that orange hat, but uh, when you win, it doesn't matter. You can wear whatever you want. Well, I'm I've been in, I've been impressed with just you know how Coach Brown, like I said, he hears the criticism. It's not like people don't read the very easily accessible message boards, which I don't. I mean, the message boards are one thing, but you know, like even like our Facebook page, you know, our Facebook um, message group mess groups which are getting kind of violent in some ways like people need to chill out <laughs> i don't i don't <clears throat> post because I think june, people can come here to didn't june jones june jones, june jones asked said to give bo some time as a first year coordinator i think that's what he asked for. no and uh, i mean he does need to i obviously he's not he just this is literally his rookie year of being a coordinator People are just saying, I mean, like we said before, the criticism was just like, why is he, why is he a rookie coordinator? Never, but at UH, it, it, I don't think, I don't think it's totally unprecedented that we've never had a first year offensive coordinator. Um, actually, GJ was probably the, another first year. Um, mm-hmm. So, and GJ did pretty well, but and GJ improved and then went into the bowl game. There was definitely improvement in the play calling. Right. Um, and oh, that was great. Yeah. There was good stuff in that bowl game. <clears throat> yeah. Really, in a, really, really creative and innovative plays. Yeah, like the shuffle plays and bringing guys over from defense to play tight end or just the block. I mean, that's that's what – I mean, we, the deception is my favorite part of football. And Quarterback know, catching a touchdown. Yeah, quarterbacks <laughs> catching touchdowns. That's, you know, as, as fans uh, – what we're there for is to support whoever the coach is, obviously, or, or whoever the whoever the, the team is. Now you don't necessarily have to support the coach, but we support the team because we support the overarching thing. And that's the thing. That's why I always say, like, I, you know, I, I embrace all of our coaches and <clears throat> all of the parents, for sure, the parents. I love the parents. So um, I don't have to stay arm's length away from the parents because I love the parents. They're awesome. <laughs> um, but, you know, the coaches and the players – you know, they have a job and they have to keep a responsibility. We have to hold them accountable. It's not about, it's, it's our program. It's our program as Hawaii. That's why Governor Ige is, is also in a way reminding people that it, the program belongs to Hawaii. To the, and sadly to him, <clears throat> it's funny in my brain, I'd say things like Emperor Ige, but it's people actually typing it out and like, yikes. Cause it, it almost does feel that way. And, but there is a lot of reminding to UH that, they are just like, I mean, so many other state agencies and programs at UH in particular are under a microscope. And we're, and UH has been losing fans for so long. Let's be honest. And then now you guys like cry for no more fans. That's what they're saying to us. And I mean, Wayne Cueto is not enough. I go to every game. I'm the at least plus one, but that's that they're saying like, where is everyone else? Like, um, and I'm calling out the other. I mean, we're the cream of the cop fans of the country. Like I, I, I know that. I don't go to other places. Like tell people, will you how far you guys travel for a go games? That's what mm. I thought. How many games you guys go? And how many? How much times you see your team win? And I got to see my team lose. Sometimes get blown out by nine touchdowns. That's what I thought. Right. That's why I'm the fan. That goes I out. give you all the credit. I am the fan. <laughs> right. And that's why. That's why. Like I, I. Don't play around when it comes to why I am a fan or why I do the things. I obviously I get so much out of it. It's so fun, and I love I love 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 going to games. And last night I was at 
you know, the Dodgers wild card game and seeing that walk off home run was that was amazing. It was amazing. And, you know, I knew a wild card moment was coming. I was like kind of hoping I was like, oh, it's one one. So I got there just a little bit late. I had to pick up <clears throat> my cancer surviving acting coach, basically acting mentor, someone who's been in Hawaii or L.A. to me, uh, uh, a mama bear, I, I call her. But um, she came from chemotherapy and I took her to be in the right field pavilion and we watched the Dodgers walk off the Cardinals last night it was a moment that I was like man this is the kind of moment that's the moment that I live for in my life you know and you know kudos I to that you for that. having the that yeah your camera on at that, <laughs> for the play jeez that's some <laughs> Kurt Gibson stuff it was cool and I was in the in the right field I was in the pavilion I was where Kurt Gibson hit the ball I think actually but it was on the yeah. other side but, you know, those are the moments at Hawaii sports fans that I like to bring. And that's why I love, I love, love, love doing this because I'm so passionate, like I said, about Hawaii and Hawaii football because of what it means to me and, and being from where I am. And my grandma, of course, everything goes back to my grandma, but it goes back to what she believed in and being proud from being from Hawaii and being rooted in, th in this team that is a symbol of being from Hawaii and that's why this team is important and that's why fans got to get in but that's why more fans got to come because the, the gates are going to open again how many fans are going to show up I'm sorry it, it's power ready you know even for me I go to every game I, I go remember nobody goes to as many games as I do but I'm like okay now I'm just like when is the last home game I was like bawling my eyes out last last year knowing we don't have a game and now I'm just like, like so used to not having a home game now that it's sad. Like I can't even see my Facebook memories of the fate of, of Aloha stadium. Cause it just makes me sad. <sighs> but now it's but like got, a lot of people have... are going to be fatigued. A lot of people are going to be tired though. Right. They're not going to want to come back already. They're probably. There's three home <clears throat> dates left. So, and to spin this <clears throat> forward, um, they are talking about lifting some restrictions and getting some family, family and friends up there, maybe up to a thousand people for the next game against New Mexico State. Um, it's not been confirmed. I think announcement might come tomorrow, right? Yeah, oh, well, you said at the end of the week. Oh, I, I didn't. I just yeah, heard end that of the week. Okay. I mean, I think that they look at the week by week numbers. Of course, Iga is going to keep pushing up, pushing off, pushing off, pushing off. I apparently though there was a rally today. Did you hear? Yeah, that there was about? a rally. Yeah, at the state capitol at 10 a.m. Who was who it organized by? I saw that that group, but what is it was organized by a group like Hawaii events. That's why I was like, is this yeah, like Hawaii events? It's, it felt like a group co-opting the movement, which it probably was. I don't know how many UH fans were there, but it could have been a UH fan that it spurred it. I'm not saying there wasn't, but I'm not saying it wasn't at all. I'm just saying I I, I don't know because I was contacted by the news to find out someone through our parent and another parent to ask me who was there at the rally. And I was like, I don't know who's at the mm. rally. I, I think we should rally. I, would, I wouldn't I would rally there because I don't care about what Ige says. I personally don't even care what Ige says. It's like, okay, whatever, dude. Like, we need to do this. Like, we're going to, like, the well, first of all, like what we said, our, our athletic department, I'm not sure where they are. So where would you protest? Like at, at UH? Yeah, I feel, I feel like I, the protest enough is just going to the games on the day of the game and trying to walk around and get in. That's mm. enough of a protest. 
that's saying we demand to get in the stadium. We just don't have enough people like that. I mean, I, you know, last year I would have done that. I, if, yeah. if the conditions where they are now and everybody else is playing, I absolutely would have done that. But they've already knocked the care a lot of, out of me because we've been removed so far removed. And, you know, the program doesn't care that because it's last year, shamelessly, it's only on, you know, pay-per-view a lot of games and, you know, people have to shell out all this money. Therefore, putting more distance between the fans and the program, and that is a that is another the issue. So I don't know what's well, going to happen, but hopefully, Stephen Sai had his his article this week about his already <clears throat> too late for UH Sports, the athletic program. Yeah, all the uh, stuff that, that we said on our podcast last week. Yes, exactly. Pretty grim, and I. <laughs> I agree with all the things that we said in our podcast last week, which was then repeated by Stephen Sai. You're right. And, um, you know, I'm glad the media at large all came out and said those things because those are important things to say because that's how people are held accountable. Back to accountability. That's why when I talk about Coach Graham, he knows he hears what fans are saying. He knows what mm. people are saying. Nonetheless, he carries on with the way he does things, but he, he strives to he make them whine better. At all. Yeah, he, he, yeah, and he doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't really make excuses. Yeah. And because he knows that he did what he did, you know, he knew that he had to, um, he had to make a choice, right? He had to decide whether he was going to go all out and go get high-profile coordinators and just go for it all and try. And I'm, I'm not saying he doesn't want to win a championship. I, I'm sure that's his goal, but this is a very specific way of doing things is by hiring your son. But we don't doing have it. the money to hire top-notch coordinators. No, I mean, no, he, the one, the money goes to the program. The coaches can, they, they can decide how much the, the assistants make. He could have hired, he could put Bo at anything. He could make Bo the combined, whatever. I mean, I'm just saying like, he could find money. He has so many friends in the business too. Guys that like, I'm saying like we got Jerry Glanville, you know, five steps that's, before dementia or something, you know, still blows my mind that he was our DC former NFL head coach at numerous spots, coaching up defense, hitting that big sack. I know. I know. Right? That's the only thing I think about is that giant bag that he was that like big, big mama or whatever. Yeah. It was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But that's what I'm saying. When you have Jerry Glanville and then you see a guy like, you know, at Baylor, uh, you know, a head coach who was Dave a former Aranda. coordinator like Dave Aranda. That and then you're like, Norm Chow wanted nothing to do with. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it makes you wonder, um, you know, why we know that some people like we talked to our good friend, Timmy, who <laughs> ran into Bob Wagner. So he knows his first hand and, Coach Wags, we've had on the show before as well. And we know that it's frustrating for him. And he brought it out on the show as well. It's frustrating for him not to see people from his own tree. Coach Wagner definitely doesn't get enough credit for what he did for this program. Like Coach Wallace, you know, Riley Wallace from the men's basketball team. For right. some reason, it's like, oh, they're they're off. They, you know, they're six, they had some success, but, you know, it was mostly mediocre. And then you look back and like, it wasn't mediocre at all. It was like, wow, impressive, you know? And it's like, 
you know, Coach Wagner reminds us of all the wins he had on the road um, against, you know, nationally ranked teams. And that was before, you know, that was when there was even more of a discrepancy. You know, when Hawaii really had, he wasn't even barely getting paid six figures, I don't think even, you know, and things have changed. Things have changed so much. So this is a very impressive win for sure um, over Fresno State. But we want to get the and those Pac-12 losses don't look as bad. I don't think UCLA and Oregon State look to be pretty good teams. So yeah, um, yeah, Oregon State's leading the what is it the North? Yeah, the North. Yeah. So yeah, that's <clears throat> that's looking better every week. <laughs> <laughs> and I you think you could say that. No, you <laughs> could say that. I mean, those 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 losses are appreciating, if 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 you will. Um, mm-hmm. But Governor Ige made is making a splash, and I think a lot of or with his his stance against UH and is is going to be. I feel like that. The, I, I feel like I'm surprised more people haven't co-opted the movement of getting into the stadium because had there been more connection from UH to say like certain groups who like to protest, you know, they they probably would have been more commotion earlier. You know, just because it's like against Ige too, but we haven't had much of that. So I'm I'm eager to see what what came of this this thing today, um, this uh, this rally. So you can if you can find any info, Sean. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, what else? What else are we gonna talk about, Sean? Um, I just. I'm hoping he doesn't go on the air tomorrow and just say flat out no again, which he's done in the past. I think Ige is, he is running out of excuses to not let people in. I, with the numbers being what they are, I think we were at under a hundred total cases for the state yesterday. Um, And the hospital hospitalizations is like half of what it was a month ago. You just, with vaccinated people in the stands with different exits and entrances, and if they're going to wear masks and not eat there, I don't see how you cannot have people there. So what? what was a good point that was brought up in one of the articles. Oh, maybe it was the Lee Cataluna one as well. There was a couple of things mm-hmm. that she brought up that were interesting. First of all, um, she talked about like, the inaction of a lot of people as well, calling out people not really being that care, like not enough people care. Apparently, just saying the fans, not right. enough. I've heard that before. Which is, and I've we said I said that yeah we said that last week <laughs> as well, and that's exactly what I'm saying. Um, but the thing is, she also, um, you know, talked about uh, oh, was it her or, not, or someone who said this could be Hawaii's post-pandemic because that that would be if, if this event letting people into the stage because it would be the biggest thing in yeah Hawaii. that was her that was, was it her, her as well okay yeah. so yeah and i was like that that's true too and i think Ige knows that because once fans go into the stadium you do have to, it is almost post-pandemic it's not because you know we still are going to have to have the like people are going to have to get vaccines to get in or whatever but you know, be vaccinated. It seems as if we're crossing the threshold. We've gotten past the Delta variant surge. So, and ho- hopefully there's not a new one around the corner for the winter, <laughs> but whatever, 
you know, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But it's, yeah, I'm hopeful that, you know, maybe by the, the last game, maybe we'll get, what, 25 30% in. So. Well, hopefully um, we also have uh, enough people to um, get fill the seats that are <laughs> that are going to be available once we can get into the stadium. How, how is UH going to figure out who's going to be able to go? I mean, if you well, I mean, well, first of all, they've had time to figure this all out. So hopefully they have, but <laughs> it's going to be, it's definitely going to have to be, you know, general admission or whatever at this point, or just like buy when the tickets come on sale or, I mean, they'll probably do a, a sale for certain people, a pre-sale, a call. In. I, I don't know. I mean, they'll find a way to do it. Like they obviously have to take care of the people who, you know, who donated for the big donors or everybody, all the people that donated yeah. to get seats into the stadium. I would imagine they'd have to be taken care of as well. And that would be fair because there are people that um, I know uh, personally that are bitter because they donated, but you know, a lot of people and they, they have a, you know, or they, they try and play it off as not being bitter, but yes, there's a little bit of bitterness um, refundable. because it's not refundable, but Hey, you donate to the team and that's a good thing. That's right? why it's a donation. <laughs> um, but yeah, it ended up being squat because you didn't get to get into this game. Um, or get into any game. So I, I would imagine they would try and help those people out. And October 23rd, like the mechanisms are in place to, to be able to have tickets, even if they were like buy on the day of like, or Campbell, I, I don't know. They, it, it, it you just have well, to be this able. Was the, this was the game. They were supposed to honor Colt. The family was supposed yeah. to come in and yeah. we were going to stomp out New Mexico state. And Yeah. Hopefully, so I think everything's just getting kicked to next year. Is isn't that right? They're just they're just pushing it. Everything. Well, to I next think year. Colt's family just was like, "Well, we're not going to even deal with this if we don't go." I mean, because still at the same time they should. I mean, well, they wanted they wanted to help Colt. Uh, you know, be you want to have the fans there, obviously, to 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 recognize right. him. But there's so much uncertainty. So I get why that they, they decided to call it off them. I don't, I think there was a family that was just like, you know, what? it's just not worth it. Mm-hmm. Nonetheless, nonetheless, Coke could still be, his number could still be retired. It could, the announcement, the press release could have been sent out a long time ago. Still hasn't been <laughs> sent out. Like the number should be on the side of TC Ching, like a giant freaking 15 should be on the side. Of, like, Whatever you wait, but but we and that's, the thing is like uh, and, 15. and the thing is like we have <laughs> and even like the circle of honor, it's it's so like oh my gosh, you guys just died, they need to be in. Like, how much more does it like seem that way? Where it's like the two people that died are gonna be right, and like they of course deserve everything, so they would have gone in anyways, but it's just so weird that it's just like okay, this year of all years, couldn't you have just like, let us, let it sit for a while before like inducting them. Like, it just seems like, okay, they died. Let's put them in now. Um, but also his number needs to be retired. That's more important because the number being retired is a symbolism. Once again, symbolic, like the team is symbolic of Hawaii. It's a symbol mm-hmm. and how we treat it is, is supposed to be sacred. And that's how 15 is and should always be to this program. It should be, something that's a, like a part of the model, like a 15, like something with the half the 15 or something, because nope. nobody did more for this university than Cole Brennan. Nobody. Definitely as no far player. as on, 
Yeah, as on far field as performance. Definitely probably yeah. as a player, yeah, on field performance. So. There might have been donors that have donated, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars, but as but, far you know, as they're all they're also players. They're also players that I've had to work hard and play to play on this team. So we all, we recognize them as well, who don't get recognized as well, but they the recognition, but they had to work jobs just to play. Mm-hmm. And um there are guys James on that Fenderson sugar bowl team. Sleep, sleeping in his car. Yeah. Before he was on scholarship. <clears throat> so, so amazing. And Fresno is a rival that will always be um, fun to uh you know beat. So I I don't uh at all feel uh any any bad for any of their fans but i i do shout out like i said their podcasters because they're fun guys to talk to and you can go and listen to that um but a bye this week will be good because we're gonna win for sure right because we're always undefeated 